0: Over the weekend, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame released its much-anticipated list of Class of 2024 nominees, and it's a good one, with some incredible female artists being nominated for the first time, including Cher, Mariah Carey, Sade, and Sinead O'Connor. Other first-time nominees include Oasis, Foreigner, Peter Frampton, and Cool in the Gang. Welcome to the Sound of Ideas, I'm Jenny Hamill. Also on the list is A Tribe Called Quest, Mary J. Blige, Dave Matthews Band, and Jane's Addiction. This hour, we're going to talk about all the nominees with our panel of hosts and reporters who are also music lovers. All Things Considered host Amana Rabinowitz and senior arts reporter Kabir Bhatia joins us, as does independent music journalist Annie Zaleski. We'll talk about the artists and their unique influence and their chances of being inducted. First, the news. It's the sound of ideas from IdeaStream Public Media. I'm Jenny Hamill. Thanks so much for joining us and a happy Monday to all of you.
1: Good times. Come on. It's a no, we're not
0: playing that music for the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, but congratulations to them with some incredible play. In Overtime, but that music signifies the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Museum has announced its class of nominees for 2024. Ten of those named this year are first time nominees. So let's go through the list. Mary J. Blige, Mariah Carey, Cher, Dave Matthews Band, Eric B. and Rakim, Foreigner, Peter Frampton, Jane's Addiction, Cool in the Gang, Lenny Kravitz, Oasis, Sinead O'Connor, Ozzy Osbourne, Sade and A Tribe Called Quest, with me for the conversation to talk about the nominations and discuss all of this year's nominees, Amanda Rabinowitz, host and producer of All Things Considered and Ideas Stream's music podcast shuffle host. Welcome to
2: you. Hey, Jenny. Great to be here.
0: Yeah. Thanks for coming in this morning. Yeah. It's
2: great to get up and get on the air. So (laughs) this is fun.
0: (laughs) Uh... And to you, Kabir Bhatia, IdeaStream senior arts reporter and resident encyclopedia of all things music. Good to see you as well. Thanks.
1: You too. Thanks for having me.
0: All righty. And we've got on the line Annie Zaleski. She joins us. She's an independent music journalist and author based here in Northeast Ohio. Her work has appeared in Billboard, NPR Music, and The Guardian. Annie, good to have you on the program.
3: Thanks for having me.
0: All right. This is going to be a great convo. If you'd like to join the conversation, you have a thought about one of the artists or a question. Call 866-578-0903 or 216-578-0903. You can email us at soi at ideastream.org or you can tweet us. We are at Sound of Ideas. Okay, Amanda, let's Hmm. get some initial impressions of the list. The Raw Call has been working through some equity and representation issues, trying to include more women particularly how do you think they did this year?
2: Yeah, I mean you got a fairly eclectic list here. I mean you've got some strong female voices, which I know the Rock Hall really needs more of, and you know Mary J., Mariah, Cher, Shined, got the R and B, soul, neo soul represented with Cool and the Gang, Sade, and again Mary J. and more hip-hop acts, Eric B. and Rakim and A tribe Called Quest, and then some of that 90s alternative, Oasis, Jane's Addiction, Dave Matthews Band. I know hard rock fans are wanting more heavier acts in. you got Ozzy Osbourne with a solo nomination. So there's a lot of diversity here, both in artists and genres.
0: And Kabir, so we've got those remarks um, that Jan Wenner made. Am I saying the name right?
1: You are Jan Wenner. Okay. Very
0: good. Made late last year about women and artists of color. He was on the Rock Halls Foundation board do you think there's any lasting damage there? What kind of kind of ripple effect does that have? And how do you think the Rock Hall might be combating that view of it as an organization?
1: So so looking at this list, on its surface, you would think that that's exactly what's happening, that that the list is to combat that. I think there's only one thing it's combating, which has nothing to do with Jan Wenner, which we'll get into in a minute. Uh so I don't know that they're combating it with this because last year's list was fairly eclectic. And as you go back and look, um, I don't know if this is coincidence, but right about the time Jan Wenner was selling his final share of Rolling Stone magazine yeah. is about the time that the list started to flip from, um, and this is no disrespect to the Chicago's and Journey's and Moody Blues of the world, but uh, what, what people would call arena 70s. Classic rock, quote unquote, dinosaur acts. Again, no disrespect. I like all of those groups. But right about that time, you started to see Stevie Nicks getting in yeah. solo, Janet Jackson getting in. Uh, so I feel like this has actually been something that's been happening for quite some time, and um, the lasting damage of from what he did by the time of the groundbreaking for the new extension last year, right? This was something that was already because the board in New York acted very quickly in saying that's unacceptable and you're out of here, even though you helped start this.
0: I remember you coming on,
1: and, yeah. and they oh, acted right.
0: decisively. I think mm-hmm. it happened over a weekend, yeah, and they said Monday. not with us.
1: No, not by by, by Monday or Tuesday. Uh, they said they said that's not happening. The lasting damage, if any. Uh, I think actually happened before that with people like uh, the monkeys, calling out Jan Wenner by name and saying, we're not in because of him. Uh, So I think that his influence has faded a great deal over the past decade, and these comments were pretty much forgotten by, by the time this list came out.
0: Well Annie I'd love your take. I mean what do you think about the raw call um you know taking action when it comes to changing the perception of it as kind of an institution that that maybe was uh nominating more of the dinosaurs as opposed to kind of a fresher more diverse list of acts.
3: I completely agree that this is a trend that uh, they've been really moving toward for the last couple of years. And this year especially, you know, you see a lot more hip hop acts being nominated. Mm -hmm. You see a lot more of the influential pop and R&B solo artists as well, women's solo artists. You know, Whitney Houston got in a few years ago. You know, we mentioned Janet. Um, So there's definitely been a concerted effort to kind of try to right the ship as it were and kind of catch up and induct some of the artists who were maybe overlooked because some of the bands were being nominated from older generations and I think there's also a push to induct more modern artists as well you know last year we saw Sheryl Crow get in um, this year we have nominees who you know Lenny Kravitz and Dave Matthews band and Oasis so there's definitely a push moving toward the 90s and beyond actually um, since now we're moving into the early 2000s are going to be fair game in the next couple of years so mm-hmm. it's a really interesting time
0: so I don't know how much of this is speculative, but do you think that that means there is a, a shift in the makeup of who's actually choosing the nominees happening, Amanda?
2: You know, I I think so. I, I think Kabir could probably speak to that more, but I absolutely agree.
1: I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, because, say, 20, 30 years ago, it was pretty much people who ran the record business. There were six mm-hmm. big record companies, right. and it was uh, kind of uh, the same people all kind of that came up together over the same age. Probably came from New York and Chicago and then went out to Los Angeles to run the record biz. Now you look at the people who are getting the ballots, it's, um, I think it was three years ago, right before COVID actually, maybe, that they said, we're going to give a ballot to every person who's been inducted. So, like, every member of Blondie would get, wow, would start getting a ballot. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, uh, Someone now, like, uh, Howard Stern gets a ballot. You wouldn't think anything music related with him, but he interviews a lot of musicians and he's a huge music fan. He's hugely influential. So uh, those changes, I think, the the makeup of who is voting, I think you're right, has changed. And that's probably driving a lot of this.
0: Sure. All right. Let's start going through some of the nominees or actually all the nominees, starting with someone who was nominated back in 2021. So, Annie,
3: could this be Mary J. Blige's year? You know, it's funny. I think potentially, you know, and could you forget how long she has been in the music business? You know, she has been she has 30 plus years now. And when you look at how influential she's become, she's almost overlooked because there's so many modern artists like SZA, for example, we're so influenced by her that uh, you know I feel like her influences people are kind of remembering a what a great singer she is that's that's never been in doubt but just also you know she's almost quiet because she's so consistent and so I think people are especially are starting to kind of I think look at her a little bit more because gosh I, you know having seen her live she just has such an incredible voice and she can sing anything she can sing R&B she can sing soul she can sing rock she can rap I mean she is so multifaceted and so you know, I feel like theres it's a good feeling this year for her.
0: And Kabir, what do you, What are your thoughts on Mary J's influence and impact as as a rapper and singer?
1: Those first two albums, I mean, were everywhere when they first came out in right. the early 90s. And ever since then, she's just, I think in this case, and we're going to see this a few times in the list, they're finally looking at the entire package of someone, not just did they sell a lot of records in a finite amount of time. And her influence uh, as an actress, you know, as a personality, all of that, and as as a musician, as a rapper, when you listen to her, you can hear music that sounds exactly like that being made right now because these people, everyone grew up listening to her. So I think, yeah, absolutely, this is probably her year. Amanda?
2: Yeah. You know, the thing about Mary J Blige, she's timeless. I have I mean, her fans span generations. She has fans who are younger, older. I mean, she's just like this timeless artist and she's won Grammys in R&B, hip hop, pop and gospel. I mean, wow. she is incredible in her range and I I agree with Annie, she's kind of just like this quiet, timeless um, you know, queen of hip hop soul and I think she does have a great shot.
0: Uh, For any of you who've been trying to call in, we're having some issues with um, our 216 number. Call 866-578-0903 or soi at ideastream.org if you want to participate in the conversation. Let's move on to another female on the list, a first-time nominee but a very known name. Let's play a clip from her. All right, Annie, let's talk about Mariah Carey. What do you think
3: her impact is, and what is she most known for? You know, she's both—I mean, I think today, if you ask, depending on who you ask, you might say she's most known for Christmas, just because (laughs) all I want for Christmas is you is so huge. But Mariah, like Mary J. Blige, has just been this constant presence in the music industry for well over 30 years now. Mm -hmm. What's most interesting, though, I think, about her is, especially in the last couple of years— her, you know, everyone knows she's an amazing vocalist with an incredible range, but her artistry and her songwriting have really become, you know, kind of more recognized. She was inducted in the Songwriters Hall of Fame in the last couple of years. You know, she is just one of those artists that is just, she's so influential. I mean, I, I think you would if you ask any of the modern pop stars, the modern pop singers, they're all influenced by Mariah. Mm. You know, and I think if you have Janet Jackson in the Rock Hall, you have to put Mariah in because they are just the two titans of the 90s 90s when you look at kind of female solo artists
0: and Amanda, do you think Mariah Carey? I mean, surely she has one of those that high note. I don't right? even know what note it is, <laughs> but it's somewhere up there. Yeah. Um, the notes she hit and she's got one of the biggest pop careers of the decade. Do you think she should be in?
2: I do. I agree with Annie. Like you have Janet Jackson, Whitney Houston, Tina Turner, Mariah Carey belongs in there. And I think it's Mm -hmm. just the Grammys this past whatever week that was a week ago. Miley Cyrus, for example, just absolutely falling over herself, having Mariah announce that category. Right. And I mean, that was an example right there of just the influence and the power and just how these artists today look up to her. I absolutely think she belongs in. And now that Janet, Whitney, Tina Turner have gotten in. I think uh, Mariah belongs in there.
1: Yeah, I would agree. The just the I, all I want for Christmas song alone would get her in, I think, because of its massive popularity. <laughs> it's everywhere. I
0: mean, let's sit on that for a second. That is yeah. a huge hit that sure. never goes out of style. No, yeah. um, h- I don't know how many listens it gets every season. It gets about five hundred at my house, oh, alone, probably, right with yeah. my four-year-old. <laughs> yeah. So
1: that one and um, uh, Paul McCartney, wonderful, wonderful Christmas time, and uh, the John Lennon. Happy Xmas, Wars! Those three, um, you know, are people who would have been in anyway, and then that just puts them over the top. So she's in pretty good company when it comes to not just record sales but being ubiquitous at Christmas. And wasn't it was it last year she wanted to be the Queen of Christmas? Yeah, <laughs> I was surprised she didn't get that. I'll be honest, because I <laughs> who look. Who gives back, that award? Uh, the Christmas Council. Oh. Yeah. I thought, Santa I and thought his elves. Santa and his elves, and they were busy at that time of year, so they didn't really look at the nomination. But uh, I feel like she's going to get in just for her career, even without that, I guess, bottom line. I can't add anything more to what Annie and Amanda have said.
0: All right, let's round out the top three nominees, all who happen to be women with share. All right, that is a great song by Cher. Do you guys remember the music video where she's singing on that naval ship and all the sailors? (laughs) I remember we
1: weren't allowed to watch it because I know it was risque. Yeah, Yeah,
0: but it was amazing. That's a karaoke standard. So, Annie, we have five women on the list. Year this as a total, Cher has by far the longest career out of them, I believe. Does that give her an advantage to get in
3: this year? I hope so and because I think Cher was the nominee I was most excited about because I have long felt that she is long long overdue to be inducted um, you know obviously for that song but when you look at her career she is she is the consummate rock star you know not just with her you know early pop stuff with uh, Sunny her uh, former husband but you look at her TV and her movie career and just how Uh, amazing she is like I am I am I've long been a Cher fan and I'm so excited for this and I think this is another example of kind of a wrong being righted you know Mm -hmm. she's one of those artists that maybe you know 10 15 years ago she wouldn't be in the conversation and now you look at it you're like oh of course that's obvious why isn't why is Cher not in just because she does have this uh, unbelievable longevity and this versatility
0: and I think Kabir, the optics are interesting because Cher has been of recent, you know, vocal about the Rock Hall, saying, "quote I wouldn't be in it now if they gave me a million dollars. I'm mm-hmm. never going to change my mind." How does that influence her chances for induction? Do you think she wishes she could turn back time and take back those words? Oh. Or do you think that was impetus for maybe the Rock Hall to to respond?
1: I told I told Rachel and Drew if you did that, I was leaving. But I, I'll stay. I know.
0: <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Our producers. I just read the words and I'm like, oh, my gosh. There you yeah. go. <laughs> of course. You, you got
1: to believe. So, yeah. uh, nice. Oh, boy. I feel now like, I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah, now you should leave. <laughs> I don't even. Just you and me, Annie. (laughs) Don't leave. (laughs) Go for it. I think we've seen over the past few years, well, past twenty years, uh, when an act says, "I will not go in. I will not. You know, I will not run if nominated," they always get in. There's uh, Black Sabbath. We're going to talk about Ozzy Osbourne later. They did that. Sex Pistols, who sent a hilarious note saying, Mm -hmm. "F you," basically. Yeah. Uh, Excuse me. Uh, sex. And there was one of them, uh, Guns and Roses. I think were on that. Uh, maybe on that page. Todd Rundgren. Yep. Uh, very right. recently. Yeah. Said forget it. And he didn't show up. Uh, I think Cher knows that this is something that that fans want her to do, even if she doesn't feel like doing it, and she feels it's overdue, because she's been eligible. Get this. She's been eligible since 1990. Yeah, and I think I think Mariah Carey's first album came out in 1990. Right, so right. She's been eligible more than double the time that you would have, and she's got the cred. Her first single as a soloist. We're not even counting everything with Sonny. Her first single as a soloist, 1965, was a cover of a Bob Dylan song. So I mean, she should have been in by now. A
0: great female artist who's been singing with chops yeah. for decades. Absolutely. So uh, those '70s there's...
1: records are great. I think she's going to get in. I think she should.
0: All right, Amanda, let's hear a bit from Dave Matthews' band, the next on the list, and then we will discuss.
1: Your
2: satellite castle
0: All right, so Dave Matthews Band, only artist to receive top fan vote and not get inducted. This happened back in 2020. Do you think that they get the recognition they deserve this year?
2: I think so. I mean, look, the fans have spoken. I mean, Dave Matthews fans are some of the most loyal out there. I have friends that I went to high school with who have probably seen them and they keep track more than 60 times they've seen this band live. I mean, and I'm just going to say... You know, as much as I want to say I don't like Dave Matthews band, because there, there, there's a lot of haters out there. I mean, they are great. And what is that? I, You know, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. I think it's just, you know, the concerts and the, the right. fandom and the following. I, I don't know. They get a lot of shade. And I'm like, you know what? Under the Table and Dreaming that came out in 1994, their major yeah. label debut. That album is so fantastic. It was so groundbreaking. At a time when grunge and heavy guitars were king, they offered this rock Jam band, funk, roots, bluegrass, saxophone, violin. I mean, they were just fantastic. And they've still just over the years been back. And just those hits are incredible. 85 live albums yeah. Dave Matthews Band has put out. I mean, that is incredible. And their following is just unbelievable. And the staying power that few bands achieve, I, I think they got to get their their recognition. I'm going to make two concert references this show. In the
0: 90s, I saw Dave Matthews' band nine times. So Whoa. I I was carried through. <laughs> yeah, see? Not wow. 60, but nine. Still. Uh, crash and uh, Under the Table Dreaming, yeah. Oh, I mean, fantastic albums. Absolutely.
1: Wow. I don't... Okay, so I I think they, they should be in. The fan vote certainly has spoken, but I don't know if they will, yeah. and here's the reason why. Uh, when you look at... You mentioned the haters. I think it's a lot of people who... Are, they feel that 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 whole lifestyle and that style of music is better done by Fish. I'm sure mm-hmm. Fish heads are going to call in now, and oh they boy. feel Fish should get in before Dave Matthews Band. I'm not advocating that. I'm has saying Fish not been nominated? I don't know that they've even been nominated, I don't know. and no, they're I don't definitely so. eligible. I'm getting an
0: emphatic no from Drew Massius.
1: Yeah. So, so so Fish, I'm surprised, has not been nominated or gotten in, and I think the people might view them as the way somebody who likes uh, um, Public Enemy might view dj jazzy jeff and the fresh prince right that's the they slag off dmb Big even stadium-y. though right they've been successful god forbid so uh i feel like that's the reason that that they might not that's the only reason but there certainly are many reasons they should get in and i it would be nice if they did all 15 should get in
0: <laughs> i'm gonna ju- let annie weigh in real quickly because yeah. this is a uh, seems I to be our controversial anything. nomination <laughs>
3: You know, I don't, you know, again, I like what everyone has said. You know, the fans, you know, their support, you know, not in question. I think the bigger question is whether or not the industry. Uh, supporters who are actually voting are gonna vote them in and I don't know yeah. you know because you know in addition to their musical talent you know, you have Dave has done a lot of charity work he's a real mm-hmm. known mm-hmm. for being very philanthropic so he has that on his side too but I don't know it, it's a big question mark for me and you know and my concern is that it's interesting that they were nominated again over a lot of the 90s I women
2: yeah you know mm-hmm.
3: like someone like Tori Amos has been mm-hmm. uh, eligible Alanis has been eligible mm-hmm. to people who are arguably very very influential. So that was one of the more interesting things this year. I'm like, huh, the 90s male-fronted bands are getting nods before the women. And so, it's interesting. I don't know. It'll be very interesting to see.
0: Okay, let's squeeze in one more artist before the break. How about some classic rockers that are on the list this year? All right, Annie, I'm going to go back to you. Mick Jones from Foreigner has had some harsh words for the Rock Hall before because of their lack of being in the Rock Hall. Uh, what do you think? Do they make it in
3: with this first nom? It's, it's a good question because, you know, I think there's no, uh, no doubting that they have the catalog of hits. I mean, I'm grooving at home listening to that but you know it's the question is whether or not they're actually that influential and I think now the fact that bands like Chicago and Journey have gotten in I think foreigner makes sense because if you're inducting those bands foreigner was huge absolutely Mm -hmm. but they're another one where I'm not sure what kind of industry support they have um Mm -hmm. you know Mick Jones is absolutely well respected you know just as a producer and as a songwriter but it's it's a big question mark for me I'm not sure
0: and Kabir. You know, the band's got hits like Cold as Ice, Double Vision, we just heard, Hot-Blooded, I Want to Know What Love Is, um, with a great chorus. And of that, course. That's a, that's yeah, a with good the choir. Yeah. That's on my uh, yacht rock list for sure. <laughs> and Jukebox Hero. So what do you think about their potential for induction?
1: Well, the, this, as Annie mentioned, once you put in Chicago and Journey, then Foreigner, REO Speedwagon who you know the groups from that era the right before mtv took over and said you've got to look a certain way uh i think that they're going to be shoe-ins these guys are on their farewell tour so that certainly doesn't hurt their chances uh they do have the catalog of hits i don't know that they're influential but they've sold a lot of records and there's a lot of people now voting as we mentioned earlier who probably grew up with them and grew up loving these songs Mm. and figure that they should be in this is kind of the last Last rodeo for these guys as far as uh, on the public stage. So I think they have a good chance.
0: All right, let's take a quick break. We will continue this conversation on the Rock Hall nominees for 2024. This is The Sound of Ideas. I'm Jenny Hamill. We'll have a little Sade as we go to break, and we'll hear from more from her later. You're back with The Sound of Ideas from Ideas 3 Public Media. I'm Jenny Hamill. Thanks so much for staying with us this hour. Over the weekend, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Museum released its list of nominees for the class of 2024. This is the list of nominees, and these names will be narrowed down to inductees later this year. The list includes Mary J. Blige, Mariah Carey, Cher, Dave Matthews Band, Eric B. and Rakim. Foreigner, Peter Frampton, Jane's Addiction, Cool in the Gang, Lenny Kravitz, Oasis, Sinead O'Connor, Ozzy Osbourne, Sade, and A Tribe Called Quest. We did get an email from John. Oh, no, let's go to the email that Tom wrote in uh, that just says Ozzy, 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 Ozzy a million times. So we know he's got one fan out there. And, of course, many others. This hour, we're speaking with freelance music journalist Annie Zaleski, as well as Amanda Rabinowitz and Kabir Bhatia from here at Ideastream Public Media. We'd love for you to get involved in the conversation. You can call us at 866-578-0903, or you can email us at soi at org. You can tweet us. We are at Sound of Ideas. Okay. So representing 80s hip-hop this year in the nominated class are Eric B. and Rock Him. Let's hear something from them. I made my debut in 86 with a melody and a president's
2: mix. And I would stay on target and refuse the mist. And I still make hits with beats. Parties, clubs, and cars, and jeeps. My underground sound, I breaks the streets. MCs want to beef, then I play for keeps. When they sweat the technique.
0: So it's funny, Kabir, because I recognize the song, but mm-hmm. not the name right away mm-hmm. when, when yeah. the list was um, introduced. So tell us yeah. a little bit about Eric B. and Kim. Who were they? When did they gain popularity?
1: They were, uh, well, a rapper, a pr- singer, and a DJ. And, they, and uh, Eric B. was the DJ. And they came out, I, I'm sure they'll love hearing this, they were just like two years too soon, I feel like, is when they started. Uh, and why is that? Well, because the the song we just heard, you ask someone, when did that come out? Oh, I don't know, mid '90s? No, that's from the late '80s. And by like '92 or '93, I think they had decided to go their separate ways. And they just missed wow. the whole era of sampling, and because as you as we heard, almost everything on there was a sample from right. something, usually a jazz record, uh, which they brought that sensibility in of having more lyrical, more melodic style. Uh, to, to rap, as opposed to, prior to that, you would have Run DMC, who were great, who were in the Rock Hall, of course, uh, but they were more on the beat. Uh, Rakim was almost almost singing a lot of times, so you would say, well, do we call him a rapper? What do we call him? Is he an MC? Uh, I don't know. Uh, their first two albums, very, very well-received, very influential, and as I said, a lot of people then took that sound and continued with it, but for them to get really mainstream success, it didn't quite happen because I think they were just they were just too early
0: annie do you think that eric b and rakim make the cut this year so they're going to be joining other hip-hop acts like run dmc jay-z the beastie boys ll cool j do you think that this act their household names enough uh, to get inducted
3: you know they absolutely deserve to be inducted you know obviously uh, just in terms of influence it's absolutely true but my concern is that because a tribe called quest who has been nominated multiple times it, it might split the vote. And mm. that's that. immediately mm. when I saw them uh-huh. both be inducted. I'm like, oh, they both need to get in. But I feel like, you know, A Tribe Called Quest, it might finally be their year. And I think that Eric B. and Rakim might be a little bit, you know, on the outside, unfortunately. You know, this is why we shouldn't just induct everybody. You know, why choose <laughs> everyone? Exactly. <laughs> All right.
0: Let's rewind back to the 70s with another classic rock radio staple, Peter Frampton. Yay! All right, Amanda, for anyone that didn't have the iconic Frampton Comes Alive album, explain the impact of the musician and guitarist.
2: Come here, you're smiling. Do you have that album?
1: Of course I have that. Okay. I I have two copies, but I haven't opened them.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, UK artist, incredible guitarist. You know, he's been playing and performing for well over 50 years now. He's influenced so many artists and musicians, you know, using that uh, talk box. Uh, Just really, I, I guess he didn't pioneer it, but... Um, really kind of incorporated it into his regular uh, performing routine. I mean, you know, he was in Humble Pie at 18, left to become a solo artist. You know, that iconic live album in 1976 kind of vaulted him into this, you know, pop superstar status. And uh, he almost kind of disappeared into obscurity because he could never kind of top what that album was. And I think, you know, he could have just faded away, but he kept making music and breaking new ground and collaborating with the likes of David Bowie and members of the Beatles. And you know, I mean in two thousand six his instrumental guitar album, Fingerprints, won a get uh, you know, earned him a Grammy. His staying power, his guitar playing, he's endeared himself to fans. I've been seeing so many people say this is a number one snub of the rock hall over the years. And um, I think it's time Frampton gets his due. I I would
1: I would agree with that. Uh, Frampton, you know, just as if you took away Frampton Comes Alive, I think mm-hmm. he would be a shoe in for the what's called musical excellence category. Mm. You add that in and his profile in the seventies. And he is, this will sound like a criticism. It is not. He's the Jimmy Carter of rock. He came in <laughs> He came in like gangbusters in 1976 out of nowhere. By the late 70s, people were, were annoyed with him somewhat. And then he spent the last 40-some years rehabilitating okay. his re- reputation. Everyone loves him now. He's on Family Guy as himself sometimes. <laughs> uh, and they just reissued his three albums, studio albums, that came before Frampton Comes Alive. Those just came out on vinyl for the first time again. Three of the four, I think. Uh, and those have been very well received. There's a lot of good music on there that never really got heard outside of like late night FM DJs in the early 70s. So everyone I know who played guitar in the 90s said, oh, you got to go back and listen to those first three or four albums. So. Yeah.
0: We got a tweet from Jim who was sad that Devo was left off mm. the nomination list, oh, but yeah. it says, yay Frampton, his Frampton comes alive, broke the radio. <laughs> wow. All right, let's keep rolling with another rock band, another big name from the 90s, Jane's Addiction. All right, Annie, we have a couple of big 90s alternative bands in the rock hall now. Rage Against the Machine getting inducted last year. Is Jane's Addiction worthy of inclusion?
3: If you ask anyone from Los Angeles, absolutely. <laughs> because anyone I know who saw them back in the day when they were first starting out were like, this is a no-brainer. They, are just such, they were such an incendiary live act and so influential. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an interesting question, though, because, you know, they were kind of one of those bands that, you know, they had a couple records out. They blazed, you know, through and then kind of faded away a little bit. You know, Perry Farrell formed other bands. He started Lollapalooza. But they are massively influential on the alternative scene just before Nirvana, hit you know right as sort of Guns N Roses and all the LA hair metal scene was sort of on the rise they were kind of the parallel antidote to that they were very punkish they were very heavy metal they were just they were bluesy like they were just very very um a really great live act I I'll be interesting to see because I don't know I think people forget about their influence a little bit just because mm-hmm. you know everyone knows Perry for other things now but mm-hmm. uh, you know there is no doubting that they were an unbelievable live band this is
0: where I'm gonna Introduce my second concert reference, and I'm dating myself. <laughs> I saw Jane's Addiction at the first Lollapalooza wow. in San Diego oh. when I was 15 years old, 1991. Am, uh, the first, and I remember how electric Perry Farrell and Dave Navarro were on stage. Yeah. So I, I definitely that has resonance with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I might fall into a particular category for that. <laughs> All right, let's talk about our next. Unless uh, either of you want to talk about Jane's, or you want to move forward,
2: I, I completely agree with yeah. what Annie said. I mean, it's 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 fringe, you know. I mean, yes, so influential, and so many artists say, you know, Jane's Addiction paved the path for them. Whether the 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 voting uh, panels agree, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Well, I think they've got enough friends in the voting body. They're kind of like the Velvet Underground of this era, where they weren't that known at the time, but they've proven to be really influential. I want to hear more about this Lollapalooza that you <laughs> tell mean, us. What was it like to use America online?
0: I hear that we're running out of time, but I went at, like, 15 with my best friend Molly from high school, and it was an incredible concert. Nice. Uh, There you go. Wendy wrote in an email, I knew nothing about Jane's addiction until learning about them via Alan Cross's wonderful radio show, The Mm -hmm. Ongoing History of New Music on WAPS. While no one's going to consider them great role models, there was plenty of actual... Addiction there and a bumpy history, but the music is great. Wendy, thanks for for, uh, writing in. Let's go to our next artist. Cool and the Gang has been eligible since 1995. Let's hear some from them. All right, Kabir, everyone knows Cool and the Gang's music just from from them being pop culture staples. Yeah. Do you think the group gets the recognition? They d- deserve enough to get them inducted?
1: Well, they should be. Uh, I think that recently, I think they're back on tour or, or they're, they're planning to. So I think that's going to help. Uh, this is a group like Chicago or like Journey where they've got two halves to their career. The first half, very uh, kind of underground. A lot of r&b sampling uh in the past and then the second half is massive hits like we just heard so i think between the two if people consider that that should be a good omen for them to get in
3: and annie your thoughts on cool in the gang oh absolutely they deserve to be inducted and you know and kind of like we said everyone i think knows their disco era but their earlier era too you know they're kind of like a band like the spinners that this is mm. a band you're like how have they not been inducted already mm. you know another one of those kind of wrong sort of righted All right, let's squeeze in one more artist
0: before the break. This is Lenny Kravitz, a first-time nominee. Amanda, so this is an MTV-era star, a guitar-playing rocker with pop crossover appeal. Can you talk about a bit about Kravitz's career?
2: Yeah, I mean, as, as a teenager watching 24 hours of MTV, you know... I was with you. Lenny Kravitz, <laughs> I mean, he just took MTV by storm, and I think, you know, he had that swagger and just that rock and roll... Uh, whole vibe to him and those songs were so catchy. I mean, four Grammys with hit after hit, It ain't over, it's Still it's over, Are You Gonna Go My Way? Fly Away. Cover of American Woman was huge. You know, he had that that raw guitar, that rock star talent. And like I said, those in, that incredible fashion sense and, you know, getting an M T V unplugged special which enabled him to show his talent. You know, he really became an icon and again, you he, know, he's contributed, uh, he's continued to put out music Thro- throughout the years and uh, remain relevant and you know crossing over to acting as well so um I think he's a shoo-in I don't know I don't know what anybody else thinks
1: yeah I mean those records they sound like they're from the 70s that one let love rule all of those yeah. you would think oh is this a Curtis Mayfield record? what is this yeah. and uh, <laughs> the whole 70s revival in the 90s it seemed to happen right then when that video came up and he had the huge bell bottoms yeah. and the drummer had that beautiful afro so Uh, I think that just that alone, that probably kickstarted things and then that should probably get him into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
0: And the crazy thing is he still looks the same. He looks the same. He's got a Benjamin Button quality where he's just (laughs) like got the the style and the swagger. All right. We're gonna take a quick break, but when we return we'll wrap up our conversation about this year's rock hall nominees. More music from one of the nominees as we go to break. This is Ants Marching by the Dave Matthews Band. You're back with The Sound of Ideas from Ideastream Public Media. I'm Jenny Hamill. Thanks so much for spending the hour with us. Today, we are discussing the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees for 2024. A reminder, this is the class of nominees, not the inductees. This list will be narrowed later this year, and the uh, inductees will put be put into the hall in May. This hour, we are speaking with our esteemed panel of music lovers, Kabir Bhatia, Amanda Rabinowitz, and of course, Annie Zaleski, who is on the line. We know this is a hot topic, and we want you in the conversation. Give us a call, 866-578-0903, and we are loving your emails at soy at You can send us a tweet. We're at Sound of Ideas. Anyway, here's Wonderwall.
3: Today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you. By now, you should have somehow realized what you gotta do. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about
1: you now. Anyway, anyway, here's one.
0: Amanda got the joke. Yeah, it's great. All right, let's hear more Amanda about the impact Mm -hmm. Oasis had in the '90s, how big the Britpop movement was. the
2: Gallagher Brothers. <laughs> oh, man, I love Oasis so much. And that d- Their debut album definitely may in 1994. That was the f- one of the first CDs I purchased with my own money. That's nice. how big mm-hmm. this band was. I mean, they arrived and it was huge. And, you know, their follow-up, What's the Story, Morning Glory, I still, that's still one of my favorite albums, just song after song after song. How many bands have they influenced? You know, I know Annie is excited about this one because I saw her tweet that's, about it. So uh-huh. I'm really interested to hear Annie's thoughts on this one.
3: Annie, go ahead. Uh, You know, I I absolutely agree. They are so influential on generations of British bands. And I think they're way more popular in America than people actually realize. I think because of Wonderwall, you know, having seen Noel Gallagher multiple times in recent years, like he packs them in. I think the only shame of it is I don't think they're going to get back together. Liam Gallagher uh, has already tweeted some (laughs) choice words Mm -hmm. about the rock call, and they are not positive. (laughs) So I think, you know, everyone has been hoping they'd get back together and do another tour. Don't know about that, but I would love to see them get inducted. Hmm.
0: All right. Just a quick reminder. I'm being told that we need to jam through the final uh, nominees in order to uh, be fair to all. So let's hear uh, a clip from the next musician. All the fly. Annie, I am sure many are familiar with this song's iteration. It was originally written by Prince, but can you talk about the impact of this song, Sinead O'Connor singing it, and her career?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, Sinead O'Connor, first off, it, it starts with her voice. You know, she just had an unbelievable piercing voice that just sounded like she was just singing from deep inside her soul anything she did, um, from ballads like that to rock songs. Uh, she did reggae albums. Um, you know, I think the only uh, the heart, heartbreaking thing about this is she was nominated for the rock hall and she passed away last year. And so, you know, she should have gotten in probably a little bit ago, but she's not here to accept that. But gosh, just you know, she was just a bright light, one of... Ireland's I think uh, most famous and enduring musicians
2: and Amanda what would you add to that yeah I mean I think when she passed I think that's really when we realized Wow I mean everybody was just resharing her videos and memories and her albums and it was like I think it just all kind of like hit this moment where it was like wow she was incredibly influential and talented and you know a lot of things you know got got lost in her outspoken political beliefs back in the day and I think she's kind of underappreciated and I think she's finally getting that appreciation
1: and I think that her political beliefs that should help get her in because who else took that many stands and really paid a high price for them, right? I can't think of any musician, uh, in at least in the '90s, that did something like that. So um, I, I hope that helps get her in.
0: And there, I think a recognition that she really was a kind of this pure and beautiful soul. Yeah. Mm. Um, whether you agreed, deeply.
1: whether you agreed with her or not, or maybe that was my perspective. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, let's hear uh, a clip from Ozzy. All right, Amanda, let's talk about Ozzy Osbourne. He'd be inducted for the second time after being included with Black Sabbath.
2: Thoughts on his impact as a solo artist? Oh, I mean, immeasurable. I think this is a slam dunk. I mean, Ozzy is just, you know, obviously his work with Black Sabbath stands out. But I mean, Ozzy's done so much in his solo career. And I think, you know, they're starting to realize, you know, Ozzy's not getting any younger. And it's time Mm -hmm. he gets in there uh, now.
1: That's true. And if he doesn't get in, yeah, as you said, his health is not good. Uh, Hopefully, when he goes up for the uh, ceremony, he's able to make it. And Randy Rhodes, his guitarist for his first few solo albums, who was massively influential, he got in, I think, three years ago. So, Ozzy, I think you're right. is a slam dunk.
0: Okay. Our final female nominee and final solo artist this hour is Sade.
3: think I'd leave your side, baby. You know me
2: better than that. Think I'd leave you down when you're down on your knees.
0: All right, so Annie, people probably know the voice or the name when they hear it. But can you talk about her career and
3: impact? absolutely you know so she started off in the 80s she's from the uk and it was just a real you know when you talk about there was a a a movement called sophistopop in mm. the UK in the 80s um, that led over here a little bit but was pretty UK focused but it was kind of sophisticated pop it had jazz influences at R&B and soul and she really embodied that and just really in this has sold millions and millions of records um, I think smooth operator is the song that most people would know sure. but she's had hits for you know yeah. continuing for decades and I think that they're actually working on a new record um, too there's been a lot of rumors about that and she's just nice. one of those artists who's very very quietly influential and quietly beloved. And so uh, the nomination made perfect sense to me actually when it came in. I'm like absolutely, let's do it.
0: Kabir, what do you think her appeal across the multiple demographics and ages and kind of genres as, you know, Annie's talking about mm-hmm. um how how kind of it affects her her legacy?
1: Well, I think that it can only strengthen it because there's people like when those that for those first albums came out, kids were listening to it and their yeah. parents were listening to it, older people, it was on multiple different radio formats, and she, I hate to keep saying she, by the way, because this is a case like Alice Cooper, where it's her and it's three gentlemen sure. uh, who are from Great Britain. That's technically Sade, the band, so I don't know that the, if the nomination is just her or if it's for all four of them. Uh, hopefully all four of them get in, because they've been with her since since the beginning, but I think all of that will, uh, will help strengthen her and get her in, maybe not this year, but hopefully soon.
0: Okie dokie, so let's round out the hour with a bit from A Tribe Called Quest. Can I kick it? Yes, we can. Well,
3: I'm gone. Can i kick it to all the people who can quest like a tribe does before this did you really know what i was comprehend to the track force why cuz getting mentions on the tip of the vibe buzz. rock and roll to the beat of the funk fuzz wipe your feet really good on the rhythm rug if to feel the urge to freak do the jitterbug Come
0: and okay kabir we're going to go back to you a tribe called quest on their third nomination talk about this early pioneering hip-hop group that many say should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And
1: they did what Eric B. and Rakim could not. They came along at just the right time with the low-end theory, and which just came back out on vinyl. Uh, so I think in both cases, they had that lyrical, jazz-influenced, sample-heavy sound. And uh, I don't know if it was Annie or Amanda who said, putting them both on the ballot this year, I feel like, is going to split the vote. This would be like putting The Temptations and The Jackson 5 on the same ballot. So uh, I hope both groups get in, but I don't know. I think they're going to really split the vote.
0: All right, Annie... Let's talk more about Tribe Called Quest. They blended jazz with hip-hop, launched the career of the rapper Q-Tip. What do you think about their influence and their chances this time around?
3: You know i i hope that it's you know because they've been inducted you know nominated so many times that now everyone's going to be like okay let's finally get them in because you know like kabir said it's their influence is a no-brainer i mean they are just absolutely massively influential in generations of rappers and generations of hip-hop artists and the way they really seamlessly like de la soul they seamlessly blended genres with samples and uh, jazz and hip hop, oh, my God, you know I ca- I can't say enough good things about them, and you know sadly, um, some of the members are no longer with us, and so it's another one of those things where, oh, let's get them in, you know, while well, everyone is still there too, just because they're mm-hmm. such an important act.
0: Okay, so we have talked about the whole list of nominees, and um, I'm curious, do you have thoughts on who's being snubbed this year, Amanda? Oh,
2: I'll go last. Okay, <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna be that bold.
0: All right, oh, Kabir.
1: No. I always say <laughs> where are the Pointer Sisters every year. They've never even oh. been nominated. They've The Pointer Sisters, uh, we talked about so many female artists who are influential. You look at their body of work, it's amazing. And then, uh, of course, we mentioned earlier Devo. And the only yeah. reason I could think Devo, maybe it wasn't nominated, either they're not on tour right now or the organizers realized it would turn into a Devo festival at the uh, Rocket Mortgage <laughs> Fieldhouse if they nominated him. Yeah, Good we got point. several
0: emails about Devo. Yeah. We yeah. also got an email saying Patty LaBelle should get in, mm, yeah. uh, someone rooting for Jay and the Americans, and then Elliot Smith. Um, mm. Inducting him would make him uh, less of kind of a cult figure sure. um, and more Interesting.
3: Uh, beloved
0: musician. Yeah. Uh, Annie, what are your thoughts on Snubs?
3: I have so many. So, I mean, first off, I'm very disappointed. Cindy Lauper did not get a mm-hmm. nomination again this year. She was nominated last year, and I thought she absolutely deserved it. Uh, and 80s New Wave, you know, it's interesting because for a while there, we had a lot of 80s New Wave acts get inducted and alternative acts. They're kind of, you know, not there anymore. So people like B-52s, New Order, Joy Division, Bauhaus, you know, mm-hmm. massively, massively influential on modern music, and they're just not in the conversation this year. And so those are my snubs, I think.
1: Can I okay. can I just say by the way Joy Division it's so british, it's not british centric enough the hall and so that's why Cliff Richard isn't in either Joy no. Division should also be in
2: <laughs> Okay okay I have an all cap Cindy Lopper I totally agree <laughs> nice. she ble- she deserves to be in there I hope she gets in Um I see so many people and I, this is not my personal snub but I see so many people want Iron Maiden in Um, that's one I just hear year after year. People are very angry about that. I think Soundgarden, um, that's a band I would love to see in and MC5 Iron Maiden. Those are, those are the big ones for me.
0: Okay. So before we close, let's talk a little bit about induction ceremony. Uh, what happens next? Can people go?
1: Of course people can go. Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, it'll be in November. My money's on November 2nd, based on the last few years. But they haven't officially announced the date. Tickets are not for sale. But they will announce the final list of six, seven, or eight people in April. And then at some point, the uh, musical excellence category and early influences and uh, non-performers like executives and things like that. So
0: So I'm not super familiar with how it works from this point out. I Mm -hmm. mean, is there kind of a running thing that happens? Like, are people trying to... um Influence if they get a vote to actually get inducted?
1: You mean the artists? Yeah. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me, I'm sure. I mean, they tweeted about it, mm-hmm. their fans tweet about it. One year, there was a political strategist for Rick Santorum. Who on the side was running a campaign to get yes in? do you remember that <laughs> do remember. Uh, and it worked the following year so you never know what's going to happen what's going to change. for all we know share is gonna come out now and say I love the rock hall we'll see
0: <laughs> I always have yeah. a- and
2: the Gallagher brothers do
1: right. right there <laughs> you
0: go that's right they'll be best friends again Kabir Batia, Amanda Rabinowitz and Annie Zaleski thanks so much to all of you for the great conversation and giving us your time today thanks Thank so you. much for having us you.
3: thanks so much
0: if you're mad that one of your favorite artists didn't get nominated this year, take a bit of advice from Oasis and don't look back in anger. All righty. If you have thoughts on the Rock Hall nominees that we didn't get to, send your emails to soi at ideastream.org You can find out on Twitter. Now, X at Sound of Ideas. You can follow me there. I'm at Jenny Hamill underscore... Thursday on the program, we discussed the death penalty here in Ohio and renewed discussions about its implementation. We had tons of feedback. Adam wrote in that the death penalty has been unequivocally, rhetorically and empirically sociologically proven not to be a deterrent to crime in any way. Now, tomorrow on The Sound of Ideas, we hear from local author Brandy Shalas about her new book, The Framed Women of Ardmore House. And we talk pets, specifically how many animal shelters are overflowing with pets that people adopted during the pandemic, but then realize they can't house anymore. They don't have the bandwidth, apparently. So we're going to talk all about that. Make sure you tune in and join us for that conversation If you missed any part of today's show, find us online or listen to the Sound of Ideas podcast, where you get your podcasts. You can also hear a rebroadcast of this show tonight at 9 on 89.7 WKSU. I'm Jenny Hamill. Thanks so much for listening. And I'll speak with you again tomorrow.
1: The Sound of Ideas is produced by Rachel Rood, Lee Barr, Drew Mazzius, and Jay Shaw. Chris Dudley and Samson Albel provide technical assistance. Jay Nungesser is at the controls of the Ohio Channel broadcast. And our host is Jenny Hamill. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to 89.7 WKSU, Kent, a public media service licensed to Kent State University and operated by IdeaStream Public Media. WKSU serves Northeast Ohio through HD and on WCPN Lorraine, Cleveland, 104.9, WKRW, Worcester, 89.3, WKRJ, New Philadelphia, 91.5, WKSV, Thompson, 891 and WNRK, Norwalk, 90.7.